0: Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from one of our kingdom conferences. Before I bring up Keith, um, I'm going to do two things first. I want to bring up one of our spiritual daughters, Reagan. Uh, where are you at, Reagan? Is she in the room? She, oh, there she is. Uh, why don't you all welcome up Reagan she comes up real quick. We're so, besides being an amazing bass player, uh, she's actually been going to CFNI and and uh, spent that first year. Is about to go back up and want to get a chance to both let her to share something on her heart and then we're going to pray for her, uh, before she goes back up. Thank
1: you. Hi, I'm Reagan. <laughs> um, I've gone. I've been going to CFNI since fall of last year, and the Lord told me to go back again this year to attend my second year. So in, if you know anything about CFNI or if you don't, there uh, basically you get to pick your own classes in second year and you pick kind of what you're t- like leaning more towards and stuff like that. So I've gotten to pick my classes. I'm really excited for it. And the Lord told me actually this morning, because like, you know, when you really don't know, like you really want the Lord to be in your situation and whatever you're going through, you're like wanting that confirmation over and over again. You're like, Lord is this what you want? Is this what you want? Tell me if it's what you want. And the Lord told me this morning as I was just kind of like praying about it, and he was like, this is your purpose, like your purpose to be here and to go where I'm calling you. So, you know, that's like the best thing you could hear when you're on and on. If that's what you're doing is the right thing to do. So, yeah. So the Lord's told me to go here again to attend more schooling. So I just wanted to like ask for prayer as I go back. And uh, I'll be there for another four months until, like, December, and then I'll be back here. So, yeah.
0: So here's what we're going to do is we're just going to pray, lay a blessing over. But I want to encourage you guys, next starting next week, uh, we'll have the table back to normal. Um, we'll have uh, a letter that she wrote so you can remind you of that to, to partner and pray with her. And if you want to sow seed in her, sow seed in her. But really sow your prayers specifically in because she's a world changer. And, she, and we're so really proud of her. We love their family. Um, and uh, I just want to tell you, you're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And I see you continuing to take that and run it. We have this running joke, she's my favorite. And, and my, my natural kid's like, what? I said, she's my, she's my favorite, you know, Jesus blood child. You know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And, and so there's, there's no competition in the kingdom, right? Uh, so, Father, I just say, Lord, your favorite Ha, 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 <laughs> I just release, Lord, your joy, your favor on your favorite, Lord God. There's a reason I say that, is you want to release your favor on your favorite, God. And we thank you that the joy is going to increase, Lord God, that she went first in obedience, but now she's going, Lord God, for promotion and purpose, Lord God. And I just declare that that as you step into this, there's going to be a promotion in your purpose. And you're going to increase in favor, but you're also going to increase in joy, that joy, the, the, the joy you bring when you walk in the room and your smile is, is part of it. But there's a joy that radiates from deep within you. And it's actually going to change CF and I in a way that they never expected. So we thank you, Lord, that there's going to be a joy breakout. When she walks onto that campus, God, all of a sudden joy is going to break out. And the, and the campus administrators can go, what happened? Do we have a bunch of drunk kids? And the answer is going to be Yes ha <laughs> ha they're just going to be so consumed with the goodness of the lord that nothing else matters but it's also going to accelerate them into their purpose god that when we're underneath your influence even the functional tangible things we do we get even better at it and there's an excellence that flows and so i just bless you reagan even with that word i just i hear mr gorbachev tear down that wall I, I just, I just see that like you're, 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 you're tearing down the walls of religion, and you're also tearing down the walls of of um, where people have been afraid to actually connect in community, and it's going to bring freedom. I just feel, I just feel that <laughs> the, the terroristic spirit that's trying to build up walls is actually coming down in Jesus' name, and we just bless you in Jesus' name. Won't y'all just bless her? Amen. <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good. We had a great weekend. I, I just want to be real brief on this. This is our first uh, Sunday of the month where we take up our First Fruits offering. And so if you want to go ahead and get your offering ready, if you need an envelope, go and raise your hand. One of our ushers will do it. Uh, if this is your first time here, we only do this once a month because the Lord had given us a specific instruction. Part of that specific instruction was, is I want to worship. I want you to teach people to worship me in all things, and especially in giving. But there's another part of this. And even as Keith and Heather were talking this week, and it really resonated inside of my heart, is this is about training you on actually handle, handle wealth. It's also training on how to handle and hear the voice of the Lord. This is not about compulsion. This is about, Lord, what is my seed? What is my bread? And what is something that, Lord God, you want me just to be able to enjoy? Right? How many people realize you can enjoy bread and that's good, right? But, but bread alone is not sufficient, right? There's some things he's going to place in your hand. There's going to be things of where he's going to say, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and things like that, that are going to be better than bread. Right, And I feel like the Lord has just been giving us an increase and an upgrade in our capacity to partner with the voice of the Lord. Obviously, it was Engage Your Prophetic Purpose weekend, right? But I just want to tell you, that's what, why we do what we do every single First Sunday of the month is, here's an opportunity. We've been sowing seed into you to learn how to walk in a kingdom mindset. Now, here's an opportunity for you to put into practice what we've been teaching you so you can learn as you go from this place how to be able to handle seed, bread, and the fun stuff. Let me hear you say seed. Let me hear you say bread. Bread. And let me hear you say the fun stuff. If we're going to move into prosperity, we're going to move into fun stuff. Amen? Amen. All right, so let me go ahead and just bless her right now, right where you're at, and you can drop in the box afterwards. Father, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. That We thank you that, that you own it all. Like the bread, the seed, the fun stuff, it's all yours. But, Lord God, you're calling us into a deeper place as your sons and daughters to understand inheritance, that you're calling us into a deeper place as your bride to understand covenantal wealth because we're married to you. Ha, ha, ha. And you're calling us into a place of friendship where you put things in our hands because we're called to go build your kingdom. And so I just release, Lord, right now the wisdom and the insight to hear your voice clearly and to know how to employ all three. So just have your way in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So now I want you to stand up and just give a warm welcome to Keith and Heather as they come up just to minister.
2: Well, good morning, good morning. We have just had the best time being here with all of you. Yesterday was a great time. How many of you guys were here yesterday? Yeah, and Friday night. Just such a good time and just, you know what? God just showed up, didn't he? He showed up in a very personal, tangible way for us and released a little bit of joy and released a little bit of healing and just power encounter. It was just fun. Like We just had a really great time. So thank you once again for having us and hosting us so well. Um, I just want to just pray one more time as we start into the next session, (laughs) next next little, little bit of the service. But Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, we just give you honor and glory and praise for all that you're doing, all that you've done. Father, I thank you that you who began a good work in us is faithful to carry it on to completion. And I just thank you, Lord, that just as you were dropping new mantles down for us yesterday, Father, those are still, I just see them still. I see the Lord is dropping mantles for us just to grab onto today. And things that maybe we've laid down in the past, like, it's time to pick those things up again and move forward with a green light. I just feel like there's a green light over you, over this house. There's a green light to move forward. And oftentimes people are like, well, do we run? Like, what about the red light? Do we need to go? Do we need to stop? Do we need to stop? Like, how do we move forward And the Lord? It's like, no, go with a green light. And so you get a red one. You have permission. I just feel like the Lord is just saying, you have permission to move forward, to start taking ground, to apprehend the things that he's given you, the mandates, the missions, the assignments that God has given you. He's given you that authority to take ground. So, Father, we just say yes and amen to all of that. God, we thank you that you have given us that power and that authority and just that mandate. God, just step in and just take hold of those mantles, take hold of the assignments for this next season. We just give you praise, God. We just thank you, Lord. We just give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Come on, good morning. We're just going to release a little prophetic song. This is a spontaneous song from the Lord. This is prophesying through the instrument. And,
4: and... Oh oh, oh. for some disciples in this place. I'm looking for some warriors in this place. Someone that'll leave the crowd behind. Oh dear, dear, dear. I'm looking for David's my team man to go and pick a fight with the enemies. I'm looking for David's my team man who are ready to pick a fight with the enemies are you going to be a crowd surfer or a disciple? Are you going to be a crowd surfer or a disciple? Are you going to be a crowd surfer or a disciple? Are you going to go to war? Are you going to be a crowd surfer? Are you going to be a disciple? You're going to hold your hands together and wait for someone else to fight the Goliath, Or are you going to... Are you gonna go to war? Dun 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 come on come on somebody I'm calling up for the army It's time Releasing the draft again. I'm releasing. I'm instituting the spiritual draft again. Are you gonna enlist in Him? Are you gonna enlist in the new day? Are you gonna enlist in the thing that I'm doing? Are you gonna sit on the sidelines trying to get out of the war? You're gonna get out of the sidelines and get into the war. Are you gonna say yes to Jesus? Yes to your King. Yes to the One that has the sword coming out of His mouth. The fire in his eyes, the fire in his eyes, the fire in his eyes, the roar coming out of his mouth. Are you gonna be a crowd surfer? Or are you gonna be a disciple of the Lord? Are you gonna be a crowd surfer? Or are you gonna be a disciple of the Lord? Are you gonna be a crowd surfer? in the program, or are you gonna be a disciple of the Lord? Are you gonna be a warrior, ready to make war in the name of the Lord Jesus? Jesus, light it to the roar! Jesus, light it to the roar! Come on, let the roar out! 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 Let the roar out, 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 let the, the line of the roar, let the line of the roar, 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 line of Judah roar, line of Judah roar. I'm coming back for a pride, a warrior, pride. coming back for a pride, a warrior. Are you going to be a counselor? Are you going to be a disciple? Are you going to rise up in Jesus' name? Are you going to go into your families unashamedly, release the glory of His fame? Are you going to get out of your comfort zones and release the Spirit of God and the dance of the Lord in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in your families, in your parks and your schools? Are you gonna be the one that lets out the Spirit of the Lord? Or are you gonna let out the fire? you gonna let out the fire, you're gonna let out the fire, you're gonna let out the fire, you're gonna let out the fire, out the fire. Out the fire. are you gonna let out the fire? Are you gonna let out the fire of the Lord? The eyes of fire coming through your eyes. Eyes of fire, eyes of fire, are you gonna be a warrior for the Lord? Yes, Lord, I'll be a warrior for the Lord a warrior bride for the Lord Oh, say in Haitian the day of the Lord Yes, I'll be a warrior for the Lord I'll be a warrior protect my comfortability fighting to protect my rights to carry guns and not letting my spiritual guards come out oh god forgive me for protecting my rights but for protecting my rights to be right for protecting my bitterness in this life oh god Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for protecting my right to be offended. Oh God, but forgive us, oh God, we got to let that go. we got to let that go if we're in the army of the Lord. Remember Peter? He tried to fight with the sword. And Jesus says, you will live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. i got a different sword for you to carry. The sword of the Lord, the sword of the Lord, the sword of the Lord, the sword of the Lord. The Got a different sword for you to carry. Come on, he's handing out swords right now in the name of the Lord. Right now in the name of the Lord. Lord, I take up my sword. I take up the sword. I take up the sword. Not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. I'm not gonna fight.
3: That's a prophetic song, never been sung before. We gotta get the recording of that, that needs to be sung again. Number one hit for Sunday morning right here in Texas. Powerful warriors here. Gotta be fighting the right battle. Poked up a little spirit when I sang about the guns. Said, Don't mess with my guns. Don't mess with my guns. Jesus had to confront Peter's guns in his day. Aha. What do you think I'm here for, guys? I'm not a pastor. The prophet's metal. I'm here, you know. Really, honestly, the, the message that I've been bringing this weekend, but what I'm bringing today is is not for everybody. It's not for everybody in this room, honestly. Is not for everybody. Jesus' message was not for everybody. If you want to call it something, you could call it crowd surfer, or disciple. There's a difference. Jesus attracted people with the free bread, the free fish, the free miracles, and then in John chapter six, he weeded out the crowd And he said, "You got to drink my blood."
4: It's like, what kind of a cult am I joining? Is this a vampire? Is this is a vampire club? What's going on here?
3: Can't be a part of Jesus. Discipleship program, because he's looking for disciples. He wants you to be as a disciple, and then he wants you to go out and disciple nations. Once you learn to be a disciple, disciple means learner, teachable. You can't be teachable if you're not humble, willing to be moldable. I love the, you know, I love I love just getting to know this house a little bit in the kingdom authority here and Jay and he's got his school here, his kingdom school, and that's a discipleship school. I love, of course, the uh, you know, what Cindy uh is partnering with us in in a emerging profit school, which is a discipleship school. It's a it's a learner school. For you to catch something that someone else carries, you have to be able to open up and be able to learn. I have something that I've learned in my journey on, uh, I, I do you know, schools and I do consulting with people and I'm always assessing people on their teachability. I cannot take them any farther than their teachability, their discipleship mindset. We're raised in America, if you're raised in America, if not, you've lived here however long. America, the land of independence, the land of don't tell me what to do. We don't realize that, even in our nationality uh, uh, i I'm, I'm thankful and i' I'm, I'm, I'm proud of America. I love America. I believe God designed every country with an original purpose in America. God designed to bring freedom to bring freedom of you know in Christ to bring freedom to people of you know all all races and caring for the poor and and, and so many so many beautiful things. I love the Uh, what, you know, what many have fought for for America, and I love America, but we have to uh, be able to extract out of any, any nation that I go to. There's something redemptive there, and there's something that you have to disconnect with. The spirit of independence we have to disconnect with. An independent spirit. Don't tell me what to do. Now, there is a time where, like Peter and the apostle says, they were told to be quiet. They says, we cannot help but continue to speak. So there is a time to speak. This is not a compliance message. Okay? Because if you've been around me all weekend, you know I'm a warrior. I'm going to stick it to the enemy. I'm going to push against religiosity. There's not a quietness in my spirit. But I've learned... When I have an independent spirit, it is not good. A rebellious spirit. Sometimes I have a rebellious spirit because I hate religion. You can hate something that, you sh- that you sh- you know, that's not good, but you're going about it with the same spirit of the enemy. How do you take down something without having that same spirit? You can take down control with rebellion. And both are spirits that partner together. So you have to be able to get rid of, if you're going to be used of the Lord, an independent spirit. And discipleship is all about learning to yield to the Lord and to imperfect vessels that he brings into your life to help take you forward. Discipleship is a mindset for me. It's not a hierarchical thing. Discipleship is not... A message of honoring up, listening to someone above you. Although there are people that God has given in your life, fathers and mothers, oversight that you listen to and you learn from. But discipleship is a mindset where I am learning everywhere I go, from people that are younger than me, people that are in my emerging prophet world, people that are older than me, people. my, My, of course, my wife. You know, friends. Like I am a disciple. I'm a learner of the ways of the kingdom which I'm always studying and learning, and I have to humble myself sometimes when I see someone, they're messy, maybe they even hurt me a few times, but I can see something in them, and I gotta duck low, and I gotta be able to receive that from them. That's a mindset of a disciple. I have uh, the four levels, uh, or or five levels actually, of discipleship that I'm looking for. One of them is, um, the first level, and you can kind of assess where you're at in this, uh, today on whether you're a disciple or not. The first level is the person that says, I don't want you to speak into me, and I will tell you if you try to speak into me. I do not trust anybody. I don't want anyone to speak to me. That's someone with a wounded spirit. They've been hurt in the battle. They, uh, the Scripture does call them a fool, but I understand Proverbs 9, uh, 7 says, don't speak into a fool or they will scorn you. When you speak into someone that's been wounded, they have an orphan heart, their immediate response is disagreement. If you are always disagreeing with everything, if you have a disagreeable personality, there's probably an orphan in there. Someone where you got hurt by someone that you respected and loved and uh, that, that was a father, a mother, a spiritual leader, and so now you are pushing against out of hurt. So you have to get healed from that or you can't be his disciple. So maybe that's not you. Second one is a little better. I say I'm teachable, but I'm not. <laughs> the first one says, Don't talk to me. Talk to the hand. I will tell you off. That in that, in, you know, that, that independent spirit. Second one is I'm teachable. I have many people tell me this, Keith, man, be my mentor. Speak into me. I, I want to hear from you. I say, we'll see. Someone asked me to be, you know, a spiritual you know, input in their life, I, I never say yes. The people don't know what they're getting into. I let them test being around me. I let the testing of them being around me determine whether they can handle being around me. We're supposed to learn from the prophets and apostles, guys, in the Bible. They're, they're foundational to the church of Jesus Christ, even today. But apostles and prophets, it's not about just their teaching, it's about a mindset they have of battle. That warrior spirit that we were talking about there is what apostles and prophets, true, healthy kingdom connected to the body of Christ, apostles and prophets are warriors. They have a resiliency about them. They might be tender, but they are tough. And when I began to get around prophets for many, many years, for many years now, I was glamorized at first because I love the word of the Lord that would come out of their mouth. I love it when they read my mail, tell me details about my life, presence of God would show up, prophecy, this feels good, the anointing's in that moment. But that is not what makes a prophet. A prophet is a foundation layer. Look, An apostle is a foundation layer, and you look at Paul. Paul was not easy to be handle, to be around. Why? Because he was protecting the purity of the gospel. That there was so much warring against it. Everywhere Paul would go, people would hate him, beat him up, stone him. He'd answer kindly. You want to be a disciple of someone like that? I started getting around those kind of guys. It brought all the offense out. It brought my level one out. I'm not teachable. Please don't speak into me. It brought my level two out. I say I'm teachable, but I'm not teachable. For five years, I had a major prophet speaking into me. Many of us would be, oh, wow, this would be so awesome to be around this person if you knew who he was. And inside of me, I would always have a disagreement towards him internally. I don't know if he really knows what he's talking about. I don't really know if he really cares about me, really knows me. And there was a, um, uh, it was probably five years in or something, he he, he said, you know what, At, at some point, he said, you know what, Keith, maybe, Maybe you should find another mentor. I I don't want to hurt you. If he was feeling like he was having to kind of come in hard because there was a resistance in there. When you're hurt, you have a wall up. You might not think you do, but if to everyone else, there's a sign saying, "Do not approach. <laughs> <laughs> do not touch this hot button, that hot button." How do? Will come out. <laughs> a snake will come out of the fire. <laughs> Right out of sight. You didn't even realize I was in there. Orphan spirits. I have been hurt. I do not trust you. You don't know me. I start speaking into people. It's by the spirit of the Lord I can read people pretty well. I can start speaking into people and articulating their strengths, their weaknesses, where they're struggling, where they're going. You don't know me. You haven't gotten to know me? You don't know me. I know you by the Spirit. They're saying you haven't spent time with me to prove to me that you are actually caring for me. Orphan always needs to be proven to that they are loved and valued. If you are an orphan, you are not ready for war. You are a crowd surfer. You love the free food. But you are not ready for Jesus to say, unless you're willing to give up all, get out of here. Jesus was loving to the crowd, and he was, uh, required everything of his disciples. Unless you are not ready right now to hate your family, you are not ready for me. That sounds harsh. When Heather and I first came into the move of God in the late 90s, We'd come out of a third, uh, you know, third, uh, th- three generations of, uh, for me, my family line of Pentecostal preachers, and I was preaching, you know, in, in a church my dad had pastored, and I was now the pastor. And I was, you know, there to protect that legacy and to expand it and to refute anybody that got in the way of it and try to keep expanding it. And when we got, uh, we met some apostles and prophets that, opened us up to there was more than we were currently operating in. And we got uh, wrecked in 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 such a good way, you know, for that. But it, it, when, when I began to step into the new, I didn't know what it was. It didn't. I encountered God in a way that said, this is right, but my intellect said, I, I can't get this. It doesn't fit my grid of how church should be, how God should be, and I wrestled, wrestled, wrestled. My family, uh, uh, you know, parents, grandparents, uh, relatives, my spiritual family, denomination, all those guys, this is not God. Stick with the tried and true. I first started with warring against my family. I thought I'm going to change all of them because I was like an apostle Paul, in a sense, that went from against the church to for in a dramatic encounter. And I'm just, I'm going to bring them all in. I'm going to shift the denomination. I'm going to shift my family. I'm going to, I didn't even know really what I was shifting. So I was making messes everywhere. And I was no longer the favorite because I was an up-and-coming young favorite in the denomination in Northern California, and in my family. Everyone's proud of me. I had the favor of everyone. I was a young Joseph thinking, wow, this is awesome. All of a sudden, God cuts that out. You want to be a disciple, you got to be a disciple of me. You've been a disciple of man. You have the fear of man all over you. For a season, it was like everybody disagreed, did not like what we were doing. Go back. We started getting in the principal's office with our denomination. Every month we'd go into the principal's office, them threatening to take over our church, them believing accusers, what they were saying about us versus what God was doing in us. What was God doing? Shaking us free of the of, unless you hate family, you cannot follow me. That word hate means love less. Unless you love them less than me. And you don't know it. yo. Oh. It ain't. this is not a rejection family message. This is not about, this is, you've heard us all weekend be all about family and restoration of family and fighting for family and, and getting in the trenches with loving family well. And so this is not an anti-family message, but there first has to be a priority where Jesus is everything in your life. I said this last night, Gideon has an encounter with the Lord, and what's the first thing the Lord says? Go down and take, take down, you know, n- go and take down your father's idol. You have to take down the ideology of your family. And once you take it down, it will not be happy about you because you touched a stronghold. With all the wonderful and spiritual inheritance that I have received and I'm so thankful for, there was some stuff in that moment that in order for me to go forward had to be confronted. If you want to be a disciple, you have to leave the family. Woo! You really need some, you need the Spirit of the Lord to help you apply this so you don't apply it wrongly. Some of you are like, Yeah, I'm ready to leave them. Thank you for permission. Granted, I knew that they were not the family for me. I'm out. That's the family you should be with. If you if you if you're saying that, you know you need to be with them. This ain't about leaving anybody because I have a healthy family line now that's been put on the right foundation which I love every, gener- every generation everybody and I value I have specific things I value about every person in that family line I've gotten free of the fear of man in that family line and now I'm carrying something that's taking that family line into the new day If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brother, and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Jesus was was tough with the disciples. He loved the crowd, but he always separated it. There's the crowd and there's the disciples. Sunday morning, oftentimes, is the crowd, it's much larger. There's a different mindset for the crowd. But Jesus was always calling in the crowd for the disciples. First let me go and bury my father. Another disciple said, Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Wow, how insensitive, Jesus. This is mourning season. Aren't you going to let me do all the things and mourn and go through this process and Take care of all of this. What does that? What in the What in the heck does that mean? You see it in the life of Ruth. Ruth, her husband died, and Oprah, uh, or- Orpa, Oprah, <laughs> Orpa, Orpa, husband died. Naomi's husband died. There's three widows, and Naomi's going to go back to her homeland because she's heard that there's provision there. She wants to go and reconnect. And she tells these two g- girls, Ruth and Orpa, hey, go back. Go back. There's nothing for you in the future. This is a test. Do you want to be my disciple? If you want to live in the past, then go back. If you want to live where there's no longer life, go back. Sadly, when Heather and I came into the new move of God, our family was, we, we got free of the fear of man of our family and our denomination had to go through that gauntlet. But then we had a number of people from our church that came eventually within maybe two years of us going after this. We want the old Keith back. Because the third generation, didn't you know, Pentecostal and our church was 50, 60, 70 years Pentecostal. And all of a sudden, we're not leaving Pentecostal, but we found even more. We, found, we we had tongues, but there was a whole different view of God that He wanted to open us up to, and we and, you know the joy, of the Lord, part of what we're experiencing this weekend. So many things, deliverance and healing, the prophetic, all like a whole new view of the Father. There was a whole new culture. There was more, but it was. They said we want the old Keith back. And it was right. It was it was it was uh, two weeks before, nine eleven happened. September. Um, uh, 11th uh, 2001 that this happened. We want the old key back we're giving you 2 weeks to go back or else we're taking as many people out of the church as we can we're going to take the finances we're going to shut this church down. Stop being such a hole. It was not pretty anymore. It was the real was finally there. We want it to be safe. We want the same. We're not wanting to go forward. I said guys, I'm not trying to be an idiot. I'm strong-headed. I've just tasted of his presence. I've gotten ruined by the more. I don't exactly know what it is, but I know I can't stay back there. I found that he actually talks to us, that he actually heals our bodies, that he actually, his presence is tangible. It's not just some traditional thing we do. I have to go into this. And sadly, they left and went back. And they, everywhere they went, across our small town of 5,000 people, they spread all sorts of stuff about us. To all the pastors, with all the leaders, with the denomination, sadly, a lot of them that believed it. But what was God trying to do? Get us to get our foundations off of what man thinks and onto what God thinks. Not an arrogant way, I don't care what you think, I'm on my own. No, we're not independent. We still need. You know, God's put us with people, but there was something He was doing to free us. I mean, my wife and I recently, three years ago, moved to Southern Cal. We've been in Northern Cal my whole life. And then ever since we've been married, we've been in Northern Cal. And the Lord, we just knew our time was done where we were for 12 years. And so we went to the, uh, we, we finally moved down to SoCal. And Lord, why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? We knew we had to go, but we didn't really have a real clear word. Sometimes, like, Abraham, you're going to go somewhere, I'm going to tell you about it later while you're there. You just can't stay here. Go and leave, and Abraham, the Lord tells Abraham, leave, leave your family behind, leave the land, go for it. And what does Abraham do? He brings Lot with him. He don't know how to leave the family behind. Lot creates a problem for him the whole time. He wanted to hold on. The Lord. The only thing the Lord would tell us the last three years, as we move forward, He wouldn't tell us why we were there. He kept saying, "Don't look back, don't look back, don't look back." Lord, it was comfort back there. i mean, it it wasn't the life you know was no longer there. But yet, there's this false sense of comfort, of you know the comfortability of what you know, the predictability. You got to go forward. You got to go forward. I came to the move into the move of God in '97. 98, somewhere in there, kicking and screaming. I was against it. And then when I got, rig- like, you know, man, God's, you know, turned me from against to four. And I'm like, oh, my word, Lord, I never want to be on the backside of a move of God ever again. I don't want to be the resistor of what you're doing, Lord. I want to be the advocate of what you're doing, helping people step into the new. And so now for the last 25-some years, the Lord has had uh, my wife and I always stepping into that new thing. And different, that's what it means to be a disciple. That's what a disciple means. You're now going into the whole earth. Sometimes it's in your backyard, sometimes it's in your own home city. But the discipling is you are, you're not just being discipled, you're being discipled to take dominion. And I would have to, um, he has to remind us sometimes in our uncomfortability Remember what you said. You never want to be on the backside of the move of God. You're now in that move of God. So many different places. We've pioneered things. How do you like being on the cutting edge now, Keith? In The last three years being in Orange County where we lived, it's six times more expensive than where we were before. Houses cost six times as much. And we, and we were living in California. It was expensive there where we were in Northern California. He upped it six times. The first year I was there, I just said, "I can't believe people would pay this for this—a rental." Can't believe people pay this for a house. And then, guys, we up five of those houses. Like, I can't believe it. I can't. My mind cannot get. it. I'm like, oh man, I, I want to go back. I had so much back there. I had a lot of money in the bank. It was nice back there. We had finally broken through. I want. Wow, Lord, I'm here. Don't look back. Don't look back. You got to go up the mountain. You're gonna go up that mountain. You're gonna be a disciple." Remember Caleb? He said, "I don't want the easy way. I spent all these years with all these people that want to go back. Give me the high mountain." They gave him a mountain. Many other Israelites got mountains, and they never took the mountain people out. But Caleb did. He dislodged them.
4: Woo!
3: This ain't for everybody. I get. I've been around enough sunny morning, amazing worship sets like we had this morning to realize. That is crowd worship. It's wonderful, but I've seen Monday. I've seen Monday a million times. And I've seen people that can get in the glory on Sunday, but they can't release the glory on Monday because they're a crowd surfer. They're going to enjoy the free worship that others have been putting out and sacrificing and preparing for, but they're not ready to go to battle. Because glory comes in trial. Glory comes where you're in the ground that no one's been to before, where Jesus is not famous there yet, and you're there in your family, and your work, and your city, and your region, and your school, and you're having to bring the presence of the Lord without any wonderful feeling, and you are just consumed for Him. Jesus, you paid for this. I'll not hide the worship you paid for in a church building. I want you, Jesus, right here on the street, right here in the mall, right here in my family, and that is where real glory comes from. But crowded people, crowd people will not do that on Monday because it's going to cost you something. I live in Orange County, it's a rich county. So many times that richness has an allurement. You want to be dignified. Jesus says, unless you become like a child, you cannot be my disciple. You want to be a disciple versus a crowd surfer? You're going to lose your dignity. You can't enter into the kingdom of God. You don't realize how deep the fear of man goes. God's had to have me do certain little things to try to break it loose, but I always have to keep busting that fear of man off. He had me through a season where he had me go through seven cities with some intercessors. I had to wear a jester's hat and dance around through those seven cities, and we would come to our hometown of 5,000 people where everybody knows everybody. You're dancing through the middle street with your jester hat on. Even in that season, I was confronting my wife's uncomfortability with the antics of being a fool for Jesus, and then the Lord told her, you got to wear the jester hat. So she had to wear the jester hat through our city, and she worked in the school system, and when she got through it, she went back to school, do her job, and,
4: hey, I saw you out there in the city. What were you doing with that jester hat on and dancing around?
3: Fresh fire, Lord Jesus.
4: Woo! (laughs) Ha,
3: ha, ha, you are a disciple of the Lord. We bless you. Oh, you cannot enter my kingdom unless you become like a child. you got to let go of pride. Me, as a pastor, I always wanted to be in charge. I always wanted to be the one that knew what everything was happening. Had a lot of fear, man. I, I'm, I'm a good, you know, have some good gifts, and I was good at using those, and. It's like the Lord in that season had to dismantle all that. All that's going to be for me. It's not going to be for the crowd. You're not going to get the crowd being all excited. The crowd was shrinking as we started going after things. And He was like, you find me. You find me. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're a learner of my ways. And we begin to find some fathers and mothers and kingdom people that we were learning from. But I was having to get free of my orphan fear of man, rejection, all that stuff. It's a journey, guys. Matthew 5 says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be a disciple, you've got to let go of religious, reputitious behaviors that make you feel righteous. Because I do this. I give here. I tithe this way. I go to church this many times. I'm a good person. I'm this. I'm that. I dress like this. I have all of that that I had, all of that that I was actually confident in. I'm a moral person. I was just like Paul, moral person. The Lord had to show me there's a bunch of religion that was actually against him. It was all about me trying to make the package look good. you got to get rid of Oh, I'm a good person. No. Christ is the good person inside of you, and that's where you boast. That's where you learn to live. What's the drink the blood all about? John 6.53, unless you drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. And then he turns with just crowd, begins to leave crowd began to leave. There's people just beginning to leave in droves. It's about understanding everything that's happening intellectually. It's about intellectual, intellectually being a part of something. I'm a part of something because I get it. God starts doing stuff in the spirit that you don't get. I remember having an encounter one time when there was an apostle and leading some worship with a violin and I got caught up in the spirit realm and I was just like, whoa, this is so awesome. I was loving the spirit of God. And I realized literally when the worship stopped, I kind of came back into myself. And I'm like, wow, I am in my head so much. I realized the difference between being in the spirit and being in my head. And I began to speak this message of being about being out of your mind. <laughs> Because I was always trying to figure everything out. When I came into the move of God, I was, like I said, I was like a Paul in a sense that I went from against to for, but then it took about two years for my brain to start catching up. Because I would go to meetings where the new, what God was pointing out in that fresh way was happening. I'm like, huh can't be God. No, no. The way that person's doing it, no, that can't be God. No, there can't be joy in the service, No, that guy's too loud. No, that guy's too quiet. No, this, this can't happen. I was just no.
4: eh, 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 eh.
3: judging everything. Got to let go because my brain, it was like The Matrix. I don't know if you ever watched that first m- movie, The Matrix, where they were like, we don't usually free someone when they get to certain age because their mind can't let go. My mind was having a hard time letting go. And one time I went to a meeting and uh, there was a lady that was there that knew us. And she's like, I want to get this guy to prophesy over you. I want to get someone to prophesy over you. I said, anybody but that guy over there. This loud guy, looked like Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny, just rootin', dootin', fire, shootin', air, air. like I'm like, anybody but that guy? She brought that guy over. And he didn't prophesy in the normal, nice, comforting way. He pounded my chest. This is what the Lord says over you, son. I'm going to do this in your life. And you think things have to be just so in the Bible, but I'm going to show you that it's in there. I'm breaking you free of some stuff because I've called you to be a general in my army. And then he whoosh, blew on my stomach. I'm like, that's weird. The whole thing's weird. That's why I didn't want this. I was sitting there like this the whole time, bless me if you can, protect myself, I don't know if this is biblical, I don't get this, prophesying through my walls of intellectualism and I went home that night, we were staying at my parents' house for this conference over there and in the middle of the night, there's, I wake up and there's a wind in the, in the room, in the room, literally is a wind, I'd never experienced this before, I didn't understand these kind of things, I wake up. Windows were closed. I start prophesying. I'd never prophesied before like this. My wife wakes up, you're prophesying. My parents, my dad in the morning who were, were not for it at that time, son, I heard some wind up in your room. What was going on? I went back to the guys, the, 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 the bald-headed prophet that did that to me. I said, what did you do? His, his name, by the way, is Wendell. He's been my mentor, one of my mentors for the last 25 years. I went from against to four in one moment with him, and he said, Keith, you know what happened? You were like a Samuel in Eli's house. You were in your father's house. You had an encounter where you heard God, and your own dad interpreted it, helped, it, helped us, us see it. And he, he had spiritual understanding. He, he activated the prophetic in my journey. When I started getting around prophets, I started getting activated. But then I started getting understanding, and I started becoming like a, I was a puppy after that. Every time I'd get around him, we were three hours apart, I'd go and, you know, pray for me. And just like watching him as he, I was just hungry. And, you know, eventually he would turn around, you prophesy. And he started training me how to prophesy. And I began to step into the, but I had to first get through the offense of intellectual I don't understand this. Sometimes our tradition, it's not unbiblical, guys, with stuff we're talking about. Everything is in the Word. We just have a lens that does not yet see it. Jesus said, you study the Scriptures because you think and by them you inherit eternal life, but here I am and you're resisting me. So they, they were Intellectually, they were there, but they were traditionally stuck. They were not recognizing him. There was the two men that were walking after Jesus died. They were, they were kind of weeping. Their hearts were burning. Jesus shows up next to them. They don't recognize him, and they're processing together. He eventually takes some communion, breaks the bread, and their eyes were open. They said, oh, my word, he was with us all the time. We're not our heart burning, but we didn't recognize him. Some of us, he's there, but we're not recognizing him. The new thing will not look like the previous thing. But you can learn to step into the new thing. Because you know the new thing is uncomfortable. And I still bounce everything off Scripture, off mentors. My wife and I process. We have a good vetting system as we move forward and continue to move forward in what God is doing. But it always costs you to be a disciple. Are you a disciple or a crowd surfer? It's 1203. We're going to start wrapping up here, but. Jesus says, Teacher, I'll follow you. Or, you know, in, in Matthew 8, it says, the teacher of the law came and says, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Foxes have dens and birds have the, the nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What does that have to do with? And being a disciple, you have to leave comfortability. Sometimes we look at these scriptures, oh, I'm homeless. I'm doing Jesus the will of the Lord. No, it's not about being homeless. For Heather and I, actually moving to a, a land where it's six times as expensive, that was leaving comfortability for us. That was learning to surrender our comfort of what we had before and then learn how to access the provision of God for that next level of provision. Provision. Every house we have bought, we've bought three houses now in our 25 years of being married. Every house required us to go beyond what we can naturally afford and to hold on to the promise of the Lord, which is never rational. It says, you're going to have this house. You can have this house. You can have this house. Every season, it was a stretch, and when we got to this new land the last three years, it was six stretches. I say in my mind, I can't even do this. Like, like, why am I doing this? I could be living in luxury over here. Why am I pushing into this? And God met us. We got supernatural provision. We learned as an entrepreneur not just getting random provision, but how to make the money necessary to get into that place. And the whole thing has not been comfortable. Everything about it has been go back, go back, go back. No. Got to go forward, but ah, That's why you got to have joy, because the pain, the stretch marks require joy uh, to be oil to you, ah! Unless you will take up your cross, ah! You cannot be my disciple. But who is the one that's going to be listened to today? Who's the one that's going to make the change in the world today? It's not the crowd. It's not the mob that's like, do this, do that. We stand against this, we stand. No, it's the warrior, disciple, that grabs a hold of the promises of God on Monday through Saturday. And they come to church on Sunday to celebrate the fight that's happened all week when they're out in the real world taking the ground. Believing the promises, worshiping when it's uncomfortable, getting free of the fear of man over and over and over again. Sometimes i done on my street, sometimes I'm on the beach in front of these 30, $50 million houses, and I'm, oh, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Whoa, you're worthy. I got to take the worship here, out there, because I'm like, I want to please these people. I want to look good in front of these people. No, nope. you got to crush that fear of man again. You can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to give up all, if you're holding on to your dignity, i got to look good in this environment. This is not the correct place for that, Keith. The enemy don't mind if you have a little fire. Just keep it in the fireplace. That's what a politically correct spirit is. You might be mad at what's happening in the nation, but do you have the same spirit that you're mad at? Politically correct. It's not about I'm holding on to my guns. I'm holding on to my rights. I'm holding on to all that. And I'm not against any of that. I got no problem with any of that. But honestly, the Lord did show me that is a security blanket. He wants some of you to let go of your guns. You may not want to ask me back here in Texas. You might pull out guns. I don't know. Everyone might pull out a gun. Like, you get out of here. I don't know. But there was one of those things that you put the guns in right here, in the spirit, a safe. There we go. I went through a season living in Northern California. We lived in pot country before it was legal. Many years ago, I, I lived there, and for a long time, we had people tithing us off of their pot takes. and uh, <laughs> We didn't know it. It was, oh, interesting. You interesting. Know? <laughs> I mean, we had a bunch of rebellious hippies in the, back there that God had as pastor for the first time. Eleven years of our of our journey together, and um, we you go. You, I love walking in the woods and the redwoods and all that and nature out there. And I do do walks out there, and, and it's like you you'd always meet wild. You you'd meet people's dogs off the leash, they were never pretty. They're always protecting something, and I'd always want to carry a stick. It's like no, can't carry a stick. I'm your protection. And I'd be out there, and I'd be, I remember one, I, I just, I had, had these dogs coming after me, and it's just no fun, and you've got, you know, you got to, you know, and you, it's just, <laughs> like, you, you're, they're, they're big old rah, 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 sort of thing, and it's just like, oh my word, and one day I'm like, I'm bringing a stick with me, I'm bringing a stick with me. So I brought this stick, and there's this dog, pit bull come, rah, 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 coming at me, and it's just like, I, this stick breaks. Uh, you, uh, breaks. I'm like, fine, Lord, have me. And this dog comes up behind me, sniffing me, right, and then everything. Doesn't bite me or anything, but it's like, I'm not saying this is, this is not a for or against anything, guys. Just hear my heart in all this. It's not, it's, if you want to be his disciple, there comes a point where Jesus tells his disciple, hey, you got a sword, get another one. He provokes that thing. So, Oh, wow, he's giving me permission. Let me load up. Let me, I got all my guns. I got all my swords. I got all my stuff. What happens? Then Peter takes the sword out. Now's my time. We're going to take you to the top. Chops the ear off. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus. Jesus said, hey, that's not what we do. Live by the sword, you die. All of a sudden, he gets exposed. That was actually fear responding in that moment. There's a time for the sword. And there's a time not for the sword. Which one is it? Is he truly your king? Is he truly your protection? Is he truly your provision? Because if you're going to be his disciple, you cannot have your strings attached to someone else being your provision, even your spouse. Your protection attached to your spouse or your friends or your family or your government cannot be your protection. It doesn't matter what happens. Of course, I want the protection. I want the borders. I want all the things that are a good for a good, healthy country. Despite what it is, I know the Lord is my protection. He's my provision. He will give me favor. He will cause me to prosper in this land because he's the one I trust. And when you have that, then you actually have a power to speak to people on either side of the pendulum on the subject that is at hand because you've learned to truly trust in the Lord as your protection. It was the test in the desert. Before they could go in the promised land, they had to learn three things. Is he my protection? Is he my provision? And is he my identity? The same thing Jesus went through. I said this last night or whatever, and we'll close with this. This is my second preacher closing. Uh, he said, it's a, Jesus was tested the same way. If you're God, throw yourself off the mountain, uh, off the temple, the protection issue. If you're God, turn the, you know, rock into bread, the provision issue. If you are God, the identity issue. If you really are the son of God. Jesus had to pass all those tests. You've got to pass the same ones. can god provide for you 6 times the amount of income than your normal way of living can provide i have the stretch marks to prove it ah! it's the it's the it's the mental version of being stretched with them ropes you know them old movies the mel
4: gibson ah! That's what's happening. Oh! You
3: want to have more authority? You've got to be stretched to handle more anointing. The wineskin's got to be stretched to handle the new. You are the breakthrough. You're not looking for a breakthrough. You're not looking for someone to be the breakthrough. You are the breakthrough. Christ in you and the journey you and him go on is the breakthrough. And then together... When we have a bunch of those disciples, woo! watch out. See, David was the first one to get stretched and deal with all these things in the Old Testament. And then what happens? He's got these men that started coming finally. David, I'm looking for a fight. He says, if you're, if you're here to take me down, then God will deal with you, but if you're for me, let's go. And they became his commanders, and they did greater things than he did. Took out 500, 700. They they did impossible tasks. God is wanting the same thing for us. What's the apostles and the prophets all about? They're not for us to be wowed by them. They're the first ones. That's it. Apostles first. Prophets first. They break through first just to say it's possible. But then there's got to be sons and daughters that become fathers and mothers that go do greater. That's what this house is meant to be. How much territory can we bring of the kingdom of God until the king himself returns? We are here to occupy until he comes back, and it requires disciples, not crowd surfers. That's my Sunday morning message, and I'm sticking to it.
4: Woo! There's
3: a couple of these books left. It's time to engage. This has the same spirit of the message that I just shared today, how to take your land, the things that are needed in your land. And um, who here uh, was not able to be here this weekend because you're watching three kids? Who was watching three kids this weekend and it kept you home? Nobody? Four? Going once, going twice? (laughs) Do we? All right, we bless you. Here, let me give this to you. And we bless you. We bless you for engaging the next generation and and going after, you know, loving on them and creating a safe place because those are the next generation warriors. And that's, many of our calls should be focused on raising up the next generation to be warriors. So we bless you and just pray the spirit of the Lord's on you. You're a woman of royalty. The Lord has set you apart to himself. And I just see the Lord blessing you in this season, refreshing you, bringing just inheritance, unexpected inheritance to you, and just like, you've learned to be thankful, and God is so pleased with you. You've learned to carry the joy of the Lord, and just keep going. That joy of the Lord has strengthened you, and I see that you have a spear, because God's given you the Spirit of the Lord, and it's something that you can just take out the enemy in intercession with, and it has a long range. That spear can knock out the enemy that's coming against the people that you love. So I just bless you. The Lord's bringing reinforcements, Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for this beautiful weekend we've had together in in this this strategic place, Lord. And I pray that people that are here, that Lord Jesus would, would answer the call to be discipled, whether it's going through Discipleship school like Jay's Kingdom School or the Emerging Prophet School or some other thing that's happening here or somewhere else. I, or it's just, just saying yes to the, to the Lord and yielding to his discipleship um, process. We say yes, Lord. We say we're teachable. I only gave the first two levels. The third level is I am teachable if it comes to me. The fourth level is I'm teachable and I pursue it. The fifth level is I'm teachable and pursue it, and when I get whacked upside the head, I receive it with joy. And that's that's the level God wants to keep taking us to, those next levels. So I pray literally, Lord, you would just put a teachable spirit on each one of us. And, Lord, if we've been hurt and wounded, there's if there's a bit of orphan in us because we've been damaged and dinged up by... Fathers and mothers that misappropriated your heart and, and didn't represent you well, spiritual or natural or, or leaders, Lord, we just forgive them right now. I pray you'd release a healing grace over this house, and I think that there already is a healing grace. But I pray that this would continually be a well where people can come to get healed, to get, get repositioned, to get sent out into their place of battle to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.